welcome back. Congratulations if you made it. Fantastic. <laughs> I've been sacked. <laughs> well, we're here. We are here on this second video with Will Graham chatting about loving one another. And we, we were just saying then, I mean, it's a massive, it's a massive theme. Uh, love in the scriptures and this call to love one another and it could be a whole series but we're just trying to start the conversation uh throughout some stuff uh for, for you for you to think about uh well we're going to talk about um what love looks like in practice mm. in the context of church life and some of the challenges to it let me just read though from 1 john uh, 3 16 17 this is how we know what love is jesus christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Really powerful words there. Uh, love acts. So Will, talk to us a little bit about this, what, what does loving one another in the context of church life look like? Mm, thanks, Sam. Um, the first place I, I would like to point anyone to when, when thinking about this question is 1 Corinthians 13. Um, it was really telling last year. We, we did the same session um, and I asked, who's heard 1 Corinthians 13 preached? Hmm. A load of people stuck their hand up. Um, and then I said, keep your hand up if it was preached, but not at a wedding. And I think from what I remember, there was one hand left up of, of all the hands that, that went up. Um, now, of course, 1 Corinthians 13, you know, the famous chapter on, on love, of his patient, of his kind, um, you know, people, people will know it so well, um, is, is a great one to preach at a church. It is, it is a wonderful um, way to begin uh, encouraging and exhorting a Christian married couple uh, to love one another in the way that they have received Christ's love um, but it wasn't written to a couple <laughs> you know it's not like Paul uh, was busy writing to the Corinthian church and then he got bored and he knew that there was a wedding coming up so he just threw that one in there uh, before he goes back to talking about the gifts um, in 1 Corinthians 12 he's just talked about the unity of the church body he's just talked about uh, each one acknowledging uh, the importance of every other part even he says the parts that don't seem um, you know deserving of that much honor he says they're all vital then we get 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and then we get 1 Corinthians chapter 14 which is uh, a chapter about the the proper exercising of spiritual gifts within the church um, and I think what, what's really important to recognize here is that, that Paul is obviously addressing a number of different issues in the Corinthian church um, one of which was that they they looked outwardly like they were doing fantastically you know there, there's there seems to be great signs and wonders among them um, there seems to be a, a great spiritual fervor in their meetings um, and, and Paul's saying look you've you've got all that and at the root of it you don't have love mm. um, and actually you know to to understand this chapter 
in its context to understand that this chapter is it's fine uh, to read to a couple uh, but it's written to a church and mm. um, i would encourage people to go there that that is the first place if, if you want to understand the nature of christian love in the church that we are called to what agape is then there are worse places to go than 1 Corinthians 13 and for me um, actually the last week session I did I ended up doing about 40 minutes worth just on 1 Corinthians 13 um, mm. I won't do that here obviously um, but I just encourage people you can go online and um, one that I found particularly helpful um, was that Alistair Begg did three sermons um, on 1 Corinthians 13 uh, you can find it on truthforlife.org I think it's called and just type in 1 Corinthians 13 and, and he did these three um, and he unpacks each word uh, you know patient kind does not envy does not boast and he probably spends you know a good kind of 15 minutes just on each word um, and gives really helpful illustrations to understand um, kind of the implications of that for the way that the church should love one another uh, so yeah so i just encourage people there really and um, and just again to understand that 1 corinthians 13 uh, go there because you know precisely because it was written to a church to exhort them to love one another uh, in a christ exalting god glorifying uh, way that mirrors the love of god uh, mm. towards us mm. you know church history is just such a, a brilliant resource and sometimes a, a neglected one um, but if we do want to kind of look at uh, the way that Christian love has been expressed, I mean, there's, there's some just brilliant stories throughout church history, and we've talked about, about some of these before. Um, but certainly, and again, Rodney Stark's a great little resource there for seeing some of the stories of in the great plagues of the Roman Empire. Like, all, everyone's like legging it to try and get away, and yet the Christians are the ones who who run towards the plague and and we hear stories of like you know people who are right uh, you know you know the christians in sort of took on the plague and in nursing them these these people with the plague back to health ended up dying like laying their lives down for people it kind of resonates with that one john three that sense in which love is active and i don't know i mean it's are the ways that you've kind of seen that in in your church experience and yeah well I, I suppose one of the um one of the most obvious recent examples uh, I, was, I was reflecting on this today um is that, that your life would have been a whole lot easier over the last you know four months if we'd just gone on youtube hmm. um you know there, there are plenty of great sermons uh, online uh, you know there are plenty of great worship songs online um you know why not go there you know it'll be a far more uh, <laughs> professional um, piece <laughs> than what we can do um you know it will it will sound more impressive there will probably be less technical hitches <laughs> why when we couldn't meet in the flesh why did we just keep going with all the technical difficulties associated with zoom and you know worship that uh, you know was grating to the ears although not the heart and uh, you know the, the technical difficulties of someone who unmutes and then their kid is screaming in the middle of a sermon and and you know and so on and so on and i think actually again um we can't obey the command to love one another 
on our own. Mm. Um, there, there's a wonderful, um, very witty um, kind of satire on YouTube about virtual reality church mm. um, and this idea that you can just plug in and pre-program, uh, you know, the type of service that you want and you can, in, you can be welcomed by the sort of person you want. And, you know, you can even tailor your uh, physical interaction at the welcome to, you know, a wave, a handshake, uh, a hug, a kiss on either cheek, that sort of, you know. Um, the, the point, of course, being that, that that's ridiculous. You, you cannot create church for yourself. Now, of course, that, that's not to undermine um, that, that for many people, the only way that they can access church is online. I don't, I don't mean to, um, to undermine that at all. And obviously, the technology has been a wonderful benefit. Um, but for us, I think there's been that real sense of it, it wouldn't have done to not see each other. Mm. It, it just it wouldn't have been the church that we know we're called to be if all we're doing is individually looking at a YouTube video at a time of our own convenience. There, there's still something so important of that corporate nature. Of course, you know that that's a very specific example uh, in time and space. That's that's to do with how we've done church in lockdown. Um, but again, I think I think we've always sought as TCC to encourage one another um, not to neglect meeting together, as it says in Hebrews ten. Uh, you know, do not neglect meeting together. Um, that's been you know written into to the, the the mission statement of our church right from the beginning mm. um so so yeah that, that one of the ways in which we we grow in and express um the love of the love of god is to understand him you know as we talked about you know reading 1 corinthians 13 but then also not to neglect meeting together mm. it's precisely in meeting together even even if it's just seeing everyone's face online um you know that that we can see a proper outpouring of that love Mm. i I love that and actually and i think that's really helpful because um again thinking about 1 john 3 17 if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them Mm. um then how can the love of god be in that person and you know just thinking back to what we spoke about in the last video that sense in which you know i think a godly biblical vision of of church attendance to use that word is is not to go to primarily um consume although we do receive a lot and but but we give as well don't we and we're, we're coming to give and we're coming to know and be known and you know i think one of those challenges in church life is is do we see one another like do we see the needs of one another do we know one another uh, one another well enough to know the needs and also do we know one another to share the needs like you know uh i, I you know i'd like to think that if i was in a position where i was struggling materially that i would have the depth of relationship with you guys to say look you know will i'm, I'm struggling here I, you know, I've, I've not, I need this or I've not got this. Um, so I just think that as well, that, and so coming back to that kind of meeting together and, but, but making sure we're seeing one another and really truly finding out what's going on in one another's life. Mm, absolutely. Um, 
and of course that that for for us in TCC has been a real joy and it has um, presented challenges that we've needed to grow in as well, hasn't it? Mm. Um, I think particularly as we think about some of the language issues in a uh, a multicultural church, uh, you know, with groups of people for whom uh, you know English is not their first language, kind of mm. making sure that 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 we as a leadership didn't just assume um, that that if someone was in um, you know physical spiritual need that 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 they would ask for help and mm. um, you know creating platforms for that to happen um, and at times that actually that meant for us didn't it you know going to people to listen to them um, and saying look the, the reason we're here is to listen because um, it's clear that that there are things that we've missed yeah. and that we didn't know about and we want to know yeah. um of course that's that's a real killer of, of pride isn't it as well as we learn to 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 understand that we're not going to church to to put on our best show mm. um you know and to make it look like we've got it all together uh, i think i think that's a real shame when churches look like that because uh you know people in the world who are seeking jesus they they know they've not got it together mm. and for so many i'm sure they you know they turn up to church and see a bunch of people who look like they've got it together mm. um and and they leave again mm. and and it's so important that that we are um that we share all aspects of our life mm. you know and that includes coming to to the church and saying i'm i'm broken and i'm desperate and i need this mm. um, yeah absolutely that's really really powerful and like real life church life is is real life mm. not, uh, in, instagram life or yeah, you know, yeah. certainly not our church anyway <laughs> well, no, but that's glorious isn't it you know oh, for sure and, and even we want to grow in that even more don't we that yeah, yeah. truly knowing and being known um and uh and, and that's where i think things like you know c confession which so easily can be kind of tossed out of the church can be a really like powerful and countercultural thing to say, actually, we're all going to confess we're, we're sinners before mm. one another and before God puts us on a level playing field for one. Mm. Um, but it, yeah. it, it provides a, an atmosphere or a culture of just being, being able to be honest about, about life, mm, for sure. Unless, you know, and of course, you know, just in that instance, like confession doesn't just stop with, reciting a line once a week you know that kind of bleeds into our everyday relationships with one another where we're again knowing and being known mm. and uh, sharing that forgiveness uh, that we've received from christ with one another now listen i wanted to ask about um challenges mm. challenges of lo loving one another <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's no challenges yeah. right it's easy yeah let me start with our flesh <laughs> it's a fairly obvious one isn't it um this kind of love is is not natural to us mm. um you know i i think i can say with a high degree of authority uh, both from personal experience but just understanding uh, something of the human heart that our tendency is to love what is lovely mm. um, our tendency is to love what is giving us pleasure um, our tendency is to love 
based upon performance um, and we're called into an entirely higher kind of love now of course i i hope um, and pray that, that people's experience of church is is that there are times when they do really find it easy to love <laughs> you know if if the church uh, is only hard to love um, then i think that is is important to uh, to, to weigh up and to say okay well there, there must be something that we are not doing <laughs> of god here um, but the the kind of love the kind of self-sacrificial love to which we're, we're called to love one another um, it, it's contrary to our flesh it's contrary uh, to to what we want for ourselves it's contrary to those instincts in us to self-preserve um, to to love what we know will give back equally to us um, and so on so so that is the first challenge um, and of course the the uh, the answer to that challenge is we love because he first loved us you know as we alluded to in the last video mm. the, the the foundation uh, and the whole architecture of our love is God himself mm. uh, you know and as Bonhoeffer said we we uh, only love one another by the will of Jesus mm. um, so we answer that challenge by looking to God himself not by trying harder mm. um, but by looking to God himself and knowing that the spirit is at work in us um, you know to make us a new creation in the image of Christ mm. um, other challenges I would say both uh, depth and lack of relationship um, I think we said before we started the recording, didn't we, that it's uh, it's easy to like someone who you don't know all that well. <laughs> I mean, you think about all those times when you've met someone and you've just clicked straight away. Um, you know, a, a bit like you thought of us when you first met us, <laughs> as you said in the uh, in the preamble. Um, it's really easy to like someone who you don't have a depth of relationship with. Um, as you grow in that depth, it becomes possible to love them. But at times it becomes harder to like them. Um, again, you know, for, for those people listening who are married, um, I'm sure that everyone uh, who is married will be able to um, associate with this in their marriage too. Uh, you, you cannot love uh, somebody at arm's length. Mm. Uh, instead it's that depth of relationship and mm. um, that that allows you to love one another however that depth of relationship also exposes mm. the, the best and worst in you um, mm. i remember someone saying at work you know I, I overheard him saying down the corridor he's like oh we've all got our flaws haven't we um and then he saw me walking down the corridor and he said not will though um you know i've obviously got a bit of a reputation as a a nice guy at school and <laughs> i just laughed and I said, no, <laughs> that's not true. Just ask my wife, <laughs> you know, um, to which I probably should have also said, just ask my church. Yeah. It's a bit of a missed opportunity there and one that maybe I should think about for the future. Um, depth of relationship exposes things. Mm. Um, and again, the deeper you go with somebody, um, the the greater a challenge it is. Um, 
however as i say you know you cannot love somebody at arm's length um mm. so it is the depth of relationship although yes it, it maybe makes liking the person harder at times it does make loving them possible mm. in the way that we've talked about mm. um conversely lack of relationships um is an absolute killer mm. um and um I, I was reflecting on this you know there, there are there are some destroyers of church community that are obvious uh you know someone comes in and they want to sow uh, discord and animosity and disunity it's an obvious destroyer of community mm -hmm. uh, someone comes in and they are uh, teaching falsely um, it's an obvious destroyer of community or at least obvious in the sense that you can you can see it and identify it um, as something uh, consciously working against the unity uh, of a church community um, but there is a, a temptation I'm sure in many of us at times to just pull back a bit and, and withdraw um, you know it's too costly to invest in the lives of people in the church and so you know without without major uh, acrimony or animosity or bad feeling you just step back a little bit and it's so important to remember that that apathy is as great a destroyer of church community as animosity and antagonism um so a lack of relationship a kind of just gradual pulling back to safe cocooned me um you know me myself and i um is is another real challenge to to uh to loving one another as a church and one that we need to watch for um constantly um finally i might just add just running on empty um as we've said before and it really doesn't need much expounding here this kind of love is only possible because it's the love with which God loved us first. Mm. Um, and it's so easy actually to, to stop reflecting on that love, um, to, to stop um, considering it, to stop thinking about it, to stop uh, drawing from that. And we'll find very quickly that we're running on empty. Um, again, to, to, to give some examples from, from my time, um, in sort of congregation leadership there were times uh, when it was so easy to be caught up in the busyness mm. of what there was to do that you begin to find it that I began to find it harder and harder to uh, respond and act in in love until mm. you realize that that you're going so fast and so hard that um you you've stopped drawing on on the source of love that you first received um you know and 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 you've forgotten that we love because he first loved us um to give another example of how how i've experienced parenting to be a bit like church as well um you know that there, there, there was a season that we went through that was very challenging as parents 
Um, and for, for a while, the, the first place I turned was kind of Christian parenting books and, um, and trying new strategies and tactics and trying lots of new things. Um, and of course, the, the, the books and the strategies and the tactics were uh, brilliant and so important. But actually what I failed to see was that, that my, my love of my kids, even during challenging times, um, needed to be drawing from my relationship with Jesus. Mm. Um, hmm. And, and you know, the, the rest had to come second. Mm. Uh, you know, it was important and these books helped me to, to understand so much more about myself and about, about God's heart for my parenting. Mm. Um, but they had to be built upon the foundation of me drawing on his strength and of course it's the same for the church and mm. um, you know we cannot uh, love one another if we're running on empty mm. uh, with no relationship with jesus mm. really really wise words and maybe th this is a good a good place to end will and mm. yeah i think i mean you, you've you've already hinted at this um several times but maybe there's someone listening to this who's just kind of struggling with this call of christ to love to love his his bride his church what what would you just say to them uh, i would say um i'm gonna i'm gonna start in a funny place but then uh, then then move quite quickly away from it I'd, I'd say there are times when it's actually right to leave a church um, I, I won't expound on on what i think those are now um, but there are times when um you know in order to uh you know preserve your spiritual life and your walk with god and to to do what will honor him um, the right thing to do is to to prayerfully and and humbly walk away but i would say that for every uh, one person for whom that is the case there are 19 people considering leaving a church for whom it's not the case um, and the the big challenge is to keep remembering that um, the church is part of God's glorious design for um, his glory and our sanctification um and that for um the no let me let me try and phrase this a different way it, that it's not anomalous um to experience some suffering as a result of that mm. it, it's not out of the ordinary of the way god works uh, that that would cause some discomfort um, instead actually that can be such a glorious part of his refining of you um, as a Christian it's such a glorious part of his sanctifying of you to uh, chip away at the parts of your flesh that, that you hold so dear to or maybe even that you think uh, bring him glory and don't um, and to shape you to be more like Jesus. And um, I would say um, that, that that was kind of an assumption of somebody who um, 
is considering moving church to someone who's considering leaving church um and and sadly charlotte and i have many friends who kind of left church while still professing faith in jesus and never found another church and and, and quickly walked away from the faith um I would say that that God didn't put you in church to uh, to to give you everything that you uh, wanted from church. Uh, he gave you church to to grow you <laughs> to be more like Him. And for for Charlotte and I, we've seen so often uh, that that people leaving church because it's too hard because they don't like people um because people just you know grate them up the wrong way or they don't like the style or they um you know disagree with x or y or z and um, that actually very quickly after saying i want a relationship with jesus but i don't want anything to do with church the relationship with jesus has gone mm. um mm. i know you know it's a very famous illustration but if you take a coal out of the fire um, you know it will burn out far quicker than the rest of the coals in the fire um, you know that, that, that's such a famous analogy that it almost doesn't need saying but it's very helpful nonetheless um, to consider it mm. um, the church is Jesus bride mm. and we so often can be so tempted to uh, diminish uh, <laughs> the the glorious name mm. that the church has been given yeah. you know bride of christ mm. um, and, and we do so to our own cost mm. um, so those those would be my expectations mm. to anyone who's finding loving within the church hard mm. um, yeah remember <laughs> that church is not there to make you feel great <laughs> all the time <laughs> Um, you know, remember that church is the bride of Christ. Mm. Um, you know, and remember that church is is His design. It's His plan A, B, C, D. There is there is no other plan yeah. than the yeah. church. Um, you know, to to spread God's fame in this world and to um, to grow disciples. Oh, glory! Well, thank you so much. And if you could in a moment if you could pray for a pleasure and for everyone who's listening to this uh, off the back of what we've been saying i'll just say one final thing really to those of us who are listening who are church leaders and preachers and that is to 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 preach on the love of christ regularly uh, we're going to be doing this in in september um at tcc and you, you know, you look back at uh, some, some of the great preachers and particularly the Puritans who I've, I've really enjoyed over the years. Uh, Will's laughing there. Um, and they, they, <laughs> they, they all like preach through the book of Song of Songs, like, you know, dozens of sermons on the love of Christ for his bride. And, you know, I found what you said, Will, earlier, um, challenging around that kind of apathy um, and sort of a sitting still uh, in the church and in the Song of Songs we really see that pursuit of Christ for his bride like he will go to any lengths to love his bride 
and to, mm. to woo his bride. Um, and I'll, I'll just read this. It's a bit of a longer quote, but just before Will prays for us, and perhaps if you're listening, this is just something to, to meditate upon. And this is a guy, Octavius Winslow, the brilliantly, brilliantly named Octavius Winslow. And um, just reflecting on Ephesians 3.19b, which is to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. I'll just read this and just let it, let it uh, come into our ears and our hearts. And then, Will, if you could pray for us. It says this, there's not a circumstance of our Lord's history which is not another form or manifestation of his love. His incarnation is love stooping. His sympathy is love weeping. His compassion is love succoring. His grace is love acting. His teaching is the voice of love. His silence is the repose of love. His patience is the restraint of love. His obedience is the labor of love. His suffering is the travail of love. His cross is the altar of love. His death is the burned offering of love. His resurrection is the triumph of love. His ascension into heaven and his sitting down at the right hand of God is the enthronement and the intercession of love. Such is the deep, the vast, the boundless ocean, which is the love of Christ. The soul muses in silent awe as it gazes upon this fathomless, limitless sea. Like the eternity of God, we cannot fathom where his love begins or where it terminates. It has neither beginning nor ending. Like the peace of God, it passes all understanding. Like itself, it passes all knowledge. Amen. Lord, if you'd not loved us with the most incredible self giving, self-sacrificing love that you showed us while we were still dead in our sin and your enemies, then, then we would not uh, be here mm. rejoicing in talking about the things of you. Mm. And so, Lord, we begin by thanking you uh, for your love mm -hmm. lord as um aristides wrote of the early church let us be those who daily hourly thank you for your love mm -hmm. and then lord it's our prayer um that in turn in the power of your spirit we would love one another in the church in this same way mm. lord that um we as the church would indeed be um however imperfect however uh, partial that we would be uh, the trailer to the main event lord that when uh, the world looks on us as a church uh, they see the kind of God who would love uh, in such an incredible way. Mm. And they would turn to you and be saved. Lord, and you would be glorified greatly um, in your church. Mm. So Lord, help us, we pray, because we so need your help.
Help us, we pray, to love one another. That the renown of Jesus may spread. Mm. And that we might be transformed more and more into his likeness. Mm. In preparation for that day when we will see him face to face. We pray these things in his name. Amen. Oh,